You don't have to do this. I want to. I'm ready to continue the sex metaphor. New rectal scan recorded. Jones, Kyle. My God. You said it was big. You never told me it was huge. I don't like to brag. This is the biggest collection of Riley Xander slash fanfic I've ever seen. Wait, what? It's such an unexpected pairing. I'm not judging. Shit, I didn't know you could see that from here. What what did you think I was talking about? Awkward. This week, the Buffy gays experience feelings of isolation from their superhero friend for Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 13, The Eye in Team. We'll blurt out our recent escapades with spanking as we break down the episode and share some behind-the-scenes trivia. We'll rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 stakes while performing more entirely and explicitly heterosexual magic all night with our new same-sex friend. And we'll escape the honestly pretty poorly thought-out trap set for us by an evil government scientist to discover the queer themes and gayest moments of the episode. So grab your MLM... Man loving man. Protein bars. <laughs> put mm, on protein. your put on your reliable patrol halter top. And don't forget to feed your robot bird before listening to this week's episode of Buffy Gaze. Pizza. Mommy. <laughs> oh god, that was perfect. Perfect in Schlag. Oh gosh. Hello all, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we're a couple of small town gays who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Together, we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences. We'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode, share some behind-the-scenes trivia at Scooby meetings, and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness. So whether you're a first-time watcher or you've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth, we invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy Buffy Gaze! Hello, Kyle How might you be doing this fine evening? I say I'm wonderful. Oh, great, great. <laughs> uh, we saw Barbie last weekend and it was wonderful. Yes, we were Barbie girls. Wonderful Barbie and magical, yes. <laughs> Go see Barbie. I had like no real expectations of it going in. I just thought it was going to be like a cheesy You are famously not movie. attuned to pop culture in any way. True. My, <laughs> my attunement is non-existent. And, um, but I was, so I was like totally surprised that it was amazing. One of my, uh, favorite things to do, I really love to look at comment sections for things that I know are going to be like terrible, like Mm -hmm. where the comments are going to be terrible. And it's just really fun to watch any and every like movie Facebook thing. Post something about that, and then someone be like, "Where's where something? A society is falling apart. Blah blah blah. Barbie's the best movie, ever, and it doesn't make any sense." Anyway, hmm. it's it's very funny to me. I really enjoy it. Zachary, would you like to hear a little bit about earthquake safety? Sure. <laughs> Doomed just came out this week, and I have received 
uh, messages from two different people about earthquake safety because I was like, are you actually supposed to stand in a doorway when there's an earthquake? I think, okay, wait, before you get into this, okay. I want you to tell, I want to find out if this is correct or not. I think that that was like something that people said or like was prevailing wisdom for uh-huh, a while. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. people later was like, or like, actually that's a terrible idea. Well, I, I'm somewhat dubious about it actually being prevailing wisdom. It may be prevailing something you tell people. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's wise. So Christopher told us that they were taught to stand under a doorway in an earthquake and that to this day, that's what he does whenever there's an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Luis messaged us and was like, hey, actually, that yeah, you're right. That is not what you're supposed to do during the earthquake, you should get like under a table or something. So the reason I asked that in the first place was because, you know, I and you, I assume as well, have experience with bad like natural disaster, uh, like safety tips. Yeah, I did work in public school system for a long time. Right. Well, I mean, I've never, uh, we always do the tornado, get away from windows, get under things, stuff like that. But the thing I always hear a lot is that is to get under an overpass during a tornado if you're on the road, mm-hmm. which is one of the worst <laughs> things you could do. You'll get sucked out up from underneath it. But uh, so yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I asked that question. So uh, probably you shouldn't get under a door frame during an earthquake. Mm. Uh, I feel like anyway I, I feel like i'd heard something about that before and that was another reason i was skeptical so anyway yeah. thank you thank you all for uh indulging my questions about earthquake safety mm-hmm. uh Remember also kids, earthquake safety yes i don't know i had nothing <laughs> a different type of message we got about that episode was from katie and she was like uh less hinge please <laughs> <laughs> because apparently we were very unhinged that episode i've already <laughs> forgotten <laughs> i mean are we ever really hinged? That's true. I don't have a lot of... I, I don't own hinges. Mm. <laughs> All right, Zach, do you have any trivia about the I in team? I do. Um, First of all, before I dive into that, I do want to say that I... <laughs> I just never understood the title of this episode until I like was actually thinking about it while watching it. And uh-huh. it's so much more clear now. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to share that. I was like, I always just thought it was like about, I mean, I guess it is about Buffy being kind of apart from other people, but I never thought or noticed so many of like the deep kind of themes and things that run in it. Right. Anyway. Um, so let's see. First off, uh, apparently Polgara is a reference to a character from this book series called the Belgariad Melorian books Interesting. by David and Lee Eddings. I have never heard of those before, uh, but I thought <laughs> that was neat. Um, boost energy bars are uh, actual bars, um, but they are not the act. The What we see is not right. the real thing. Um, so, oh, and I also got this IMDb thing that was talking about um, the kind of reveal of Adam slash the demise of uh, Maggie Walsh. Uh-huh. And uh, he was talking about how... Um, Who is he? Douglas Petrie. Petrie? Uh-huh. Whoever determined how you say that? Nope. Douglas Petrie Petrie. <laughs> um, that, um, you know, obviously Frankenstein references, yada, yada. <laughs> but, um, 
So uh, apparently part of why she gets killed off is because they like just could only have her for so long. And Lindsay Krause. Uh-huh. And so yeah, so there's a there's like a common myth about this that she wanted to leave the show mm. and that they had to like last minute come up with this mm. and that they weren't planning on killing her. But what the actual like it they actually knew that this was going to happen well in advance because they knew how long they had her. And mm-hmm. she actually wanted to stay on the show from what I hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, which makes, and I'll, I'll talk about it once you're done with your trivia, <laughs> but yeah, they, um, they just knew they had her for a limited amount of time. So they thought, you know, and it, they also felt like it went well with the story to have, this Frankenstein monster just immediately kill its creator. And that's like its first act, which uh, I thought was neat. And um, I also wrote up a Lindsay Krauss spotlight. Um, Ooh, yay. She is, she really like, she really did it this episode. Mm -hmm. She was great. Well, yeah, she's been pretty awesome the whole time. Uh huh. Um, And so she's had a really extensive and varied career going back to the late seventies. Um, and again, this is Lindsay Krause who played Maggie Walsh. Um, and the first like movie that I saw her in was um, All the President's Men, which is a uh, book that I spark noted instead of reading for my summer AP Lit classwork. Mm-hmm. Um, I also kind of looked at some of her other stuff. She has, I mean, just, I don't remember the number, but it's close to 100 different Damn. credits or maybe even over. And... Um, she was in this truly wild-looking movie called Kroll, oh. um, which I can imagine the Buffy showrunners watched and definitely crushed on her because she was like a princess. Uh, Damn. And um, she was also in Batman the Animated Series, which is uh, still my favorite iteration of Batman. Um, I didn't write that down. Wow! It wasn't like a big like name character. All right, somebody who was like <laughs> probably in an episode. She was. She was additional voices number two. She was additional voices in the <laughs> Halloween Tree, which <laughs> oh! is one of my favorite movies. Wow! What are the from what are the odds? I by the way, Halloween Tree. If you're a Halloween nerd, is so fun. <laughs> it's like this very bizarre Halloween fairy tale. That is narrated and stars Leonard Nimoy. And Zachary is the only person in the world who's ever seen this movie. I am the only person that's ever heard of it, I'm sure. Um, Well, and all the students he showed it to. Well, yeah. And they were all, like, really into it, too. Uh Uh-huh. Which I thought was cute. Uh, Yeah, I would show it around Halloween when I was feeling like not fucking doing anything. (laughs) Which is a lot, because I hated teaching. And, um, anyway... uh, that movie is really fun, and I was really excited to find out she was in it. And then nice. um, she was also in some, ep- like, I'm just hitting some highlights that I liked. Um, she was in Murder, She Wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was also in the very interestingly problematic movie, The Indian in the Cupboard. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that movie? I never really watched it, but I always saw it around. When we moved, When my mom moved into the house that she lives in now, there was a box of VHS tapes mm-hmm. that somebody just had left there. Huh. And one of them was um, Volcano with Tommy Jones. All right. And uh, it's a movie about a volcano that erupts in Beverly Hills. <laughs> and Jumanji. Jumanji. And yeah. Stepmom. And The Indian in the Cupboard. 
um she played i think i can't remember if she's like the mom or the therapist or something in that movie i don't remember what she did <laughs> uh and then she was in alias law and order uh, this made-for-TV movie called Chantilly Lace that I tried to find where I could stream, but uh, it does not exist anywhere on the internet. It's like, it's one of those movies where you type it in and it's like, what? Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, and it has a sequel. The reason I wanted to watch it is because it has a sequel that came out this year called Chantilly Bridge, and I thought that would be interesting. And it's like all the same characters and she's in it. Hmm. Um, she has played this huge range of characters, um, but lots of doctors and lawyers and judges and all these really badass roles. Nice. And, uh, you know, of course, watching her in Buffy, it's easy to understand why she's Absolutely. got that, that clout. And fun Buffachandra connection. Uh-huh. She is in this movie called Bye Bye Love, which I have never heard of. Neither have I. From the 90s. Um, and it has her and it has elijah dushku and it has amber benson in it elijah did i say elijah again? elijah Dush- God no i'm it. the one who's always said elijah so did i, I ha- do it and you you gave me shit about it. yes you did i do it all the time too <laughs> elijah 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 dushku. elijah dushush. i haven't even i've only had like two sips of beer and uh so and she plays amber benson's mom oh cute in the movie so i wonder if they got to chat on set I don't know. I watched the trailer for Wait, it. was that after Buffy or before Buffy? But way before. Like, huh. they are... Oh, so Tara, or not Tara, <laughs> Amber <laughs> Benson is not in the trailer, but Elijah Dush... Damn it! <laughs> Eliza Dushku is in the trailer, and she's such a baby. She's, like, probably, like... She looks like maybe 14 years old or something, uh-huh. 15, something like that. And um, I didn't see, like I said, her in the trailer, but anyway... It, it looks like one of those just like quintessential 90s Cute. rom-com movies that seems like it's about three dads. And uh, hmm. anyway, I, <laughs> I, sh- th- there's only one part with her in the trailer and it, she plays, Ran- I think she plays Randy Quaid's wife. Um, and Randy Quaid is cousin Eddie from the uh-huh. Christmas vacation movie. And the scene is like, him's like, he, him's, him saying, Sometimes I wish I'd married the dog. And then it's her like <laughs> looking at a bill or something and being like, it's not too late. <laughs> uh, anyway. So yeah, that was my little mini spotlight for Lindsay Krauss. Uh, um, this episode was written by David Fury, who I believe last wrote Fear Itself. I don't mm-hmm. think he's written one since then. I still won't ever forgive him for writing Go Fish. Mm. <laughs> okay, before we get into the episode discussion, I just want to say, what the fuck is it with this season and getting rid of every single interesting character mm. uh, it, it made me mad i got mm. mad because maggie walsh has been like kind of whatever till now like she's been a nice like interesting little supporting cast member but they like actually give her some complexity in this episode for really the first time and also for the first time start start to like underline this like motherly relationship she has with Riley and then they just immediately kill her and it made me so mad I was Mm. so mad about it who's the other interesting character uh Kath I they could have done whole arcs for Kathy Kathy. for well I said getting rid of not killing you did you did I chose my words very carefully Zachary and you didn't listen to me I rarely do. Uh, Kathy could have had a whole arc. Sunday could have had a whole arc. Mm, uh, there was the whole thing that they thought might happen with Veruca and Oz and Veruca. Willow. 
Uh, it's happened several times. What if they had kept Veruca and instead of her being like evil, she introduces Oz to the concept of like polyamory and her, <laughs> him and Willow and Veruca were just like a thruple. <laughs> right. that, that was too wild for 1999. Or, or he, Veruca, uh, Oz, or sorry, what? He, Veruca, Willow, and Tara are a polycule. Exactly. <laughs> See, shit would have gotten too wild. So definitely. I just wanted to say that 90s. because it's happened several times and it kind of pissed me off when they killed her in this episode because I really wanted to see more from Maggie Walsh mm. after the, watching this episode. All right, Zach, do you want to start us with our detailed episode discussion? What? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I just read the, the header of the part of the outline we're at. Would you like to start with our disclaimer? <laughs> yeah. A detailed episode disclaimer. Well, it is time to move on to the segment where we do our deep dive into the episode and share our thoughts. But you needn't be afeared if you haven't seen this series. We shan't spoil anything. That we shan't! Yet. No, we shan't indeed. But what we shall do is we shall <laughs> foreshadow things with only the cheekiest of foreshadowing. Foreshadow with only the cheek. Only the cheekiest of yes, foreshadowing. shall. We shall. <laughs> we 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 have decided now that we are going to foreshadow things. So we begin the episode with the previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Riley learns what Buffy is. Uh, Hostile Seventeen gets chipped. He learns that he can hurt a demon. That's Spike, by the way. I don't know if we've ever even mentioned that they call him Hostile Seventeen. Yeah, I'm sure we have. Uh, we see the Lesbokinesis. Yeah, yes, lesbokinesis. I was going to say uh, the greatest ally I've ever known, the lesbian soda machine. <laughs> <laughs> we see the lesbian flower magic, and then we see that Buffy's strong and Riley likes it. Mm. And then we start the episode proper. Willow is praying at the poker table with Xander and Anya. Well, and it, <laughs> it's funny because it starts in tied on her and then it slowly pulls back and she's it sounds yes. like she's doing a spell uh-huh and then he's like uh magic the poker table that's cheating she's like i was praying <laughs> <laughs> very funny and i noticed that she's wearing a shirt that says fairy on it and i was like wow <laughs> all right uh they're they're really uh you know they're going really subtle yeah the rainbow thing on last episode was that last episode or two episodes ago i don't remember but last episode the I rainbow sweater uh, so Anya's apparently very bad at poker. She's just kind of like telling everyone what cards she has. Mm -hmm. uh, she doesn't understand that the chips represent money. To be fair to Anya, I have played poker several times and still don't understand it. I've never once played poker, also, and I'm proud of that. this doesn't really sound like poker. I don't understand. Somebody who plays poker. Tell me what's the thing with the three or four cards. Oh. I don't know. And only if you have an ace. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. <laughs> it beats me. Also, why would you let somebody see that you have an ace? Are you? Well, I mean, don't you want your cards to be secret? Did Xander show them? Anya doesn't. It, Anya was the one. He said you can only the max you can get is four, and only if you have an ace. And then she tries to bluff him, and he's like, "Let me see the ace." And she's like, "Okay, three. <laughs> oh right yeah whatever i don't anyway, get it either I, those rules i have never heard of before ever so i don't understand that at all thankfully gambling is not one of my vices mm, mm. Uh, so just uh, drugs 
drugs. Just drugs. We learned that Xander has a new job with an MLM. <laughs> Actually, I don't. Xander it is seems exactly mo- the type of guy that would graduate high school and do an MLM. Exactly. And send you that Although, Facebook message. He is not trying to get anyone else to sell these bars. So maybe it is just a shitty, like, bad company. Maybe he is actually, maybe he didn't pay for these bars himself. Hmm. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but anyway, M- MLM Hundo P. Right. <laughs> uh, apparently, Boost bars usually taste kind of tasteless, according to Willow. But then they have a bad aftertastelessness. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I was, I was like, oh, groundbreaking! A joke about how protein bars taste bad. I think it was pretty funny. Still. Yeah, it was. I did like it. It was a, it was a new take on the joke for sure. <laughs> uh, Anya blurts out that she's got three K cards <laughs> and she wants someone to bet already. <laughs> Uh, Xander wishes Buffy could make it, and Willow's like, I guess she's out with Riley, her brand spanking new boyfriend, or something like that. And that's when Anya's like, oh, yes. Oh, oh no, Willow's like, you know how it is with a brand spanking new boyfriend, or something like that. Mm. And a spanking new boyfriend. A spanking new boyfriend. And then Anya goes, yes, we've enjoyed spanking. <laughs> and Xander just drops all of his cards. They, but they like explode out of his hands. Yeah, it's like, it's he, so funny. It is very, very funny. It's like he's about to shuffle or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and it's, it's like sort of <laughs> reminiscent of the the juice splooge. Yes, like a little bit. she takes yeah. off all his clothes and then he comes through a juice box. Right. <laughs> um, she takes all, off all of her clothes. Did I say his clothes? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I have lost utter control of my speech. Xander thinks Riley's kind of okay in an oafish way. And I was like, <laughs> look who's talking. Uh-huh. Xander. Um, yes. That was assy of Xander, but he's looking pretty cute in this shirt. I, I mean, oh, I love the way he's got this long sleeve, sleeve shirt on, and mm-hmm. it makes his arms look really good. Yeah, it's very form-fitting. Uh, sometimes you got to leave some stuff to the imagination, you know? He's wearing an <laughs> undershirt, which I thought I always found interesting. I think it's just because I'm like always been like fat and hot, but <laughs> and by hot, I mean sweaty. sweaty. <laughs> I um. I can't do undershirts unless I just have to. I cannot stand the feeling of an undershirt, even if I'm in a dress shirt. I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. My I best hate it so much. Or one of my best friends in high school, he would always wear like an undershirt, but it was a t-shirt. Uh-huh. So even when he wore t-shirts, he would wear like an undershirt t-shirt. I hate it. I do no, no nothing. I hate it. <laughs> Full so, stop. Uh, Willow's like, oh, they seem pretty good. They're anti-demon, which is great. And and she looks at Anya and she's like, probably pro ex demon. <laughs> and Anya's like, I choose to feel threatened. She's <laughs> very funny. So Xander's like, what exactly are they up to? We don't know. And that's when mm-hmm. we cut to the forest where Buffy is fighting initiative goons. What? what? Yeah, it is kind of interesting that um she seems to have just kind of like gone with like initiative good. Yeah, right. Without really any thought or consideration or I it sort of wandering. makes sense to me. I mean, uh, she is well, not until later, but she is fucking one of them. Right. Uh first of all because of Riley, and she seems yeah. to trust Riley. But second, uh, you know, Buffy is kind of, you know, lived under this dark cloud of I very possibly could die very young. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine that she's kind of jumping at the chance to have some capable fighting buddies. Mm. Especially considering her friends are not still not that great at fighting demons. <laughs> right. <laughs> like they they're uh, helpful, but 
They can't really do it on their own. Are the initiative that great at fighting demons? Are they? I don't think so either, Zach. <laughs> That's a good point. They can capture him. Uh-huh. Maggie comes up after the end of this exercise, and she was like, it took my team 42 minutes to track you, and you neutralized them all in 28 seconds. <laughs> and Buffy, again, downplays her skills, and she's like, mm, I was just lucky. Mm-hmm. And Maggie's like, a very stone-faced, I see, still mm-hmm. very impressive. Uh, and this Riley comes up and she's like, you knew I was just being modest, right? Right. I do like that. Um, she sort of does that like anti-feminist thing at first, but then is like, I was just kidding. Yeah. Right. I, I also like that Graham compliments her. He just kind of like walks up next to her and she's like, mm-hmm. good job. Summer is there something like that. Forrest is pointedly silent. Yes. Pointedly. Quite and I pointedly. I think he even kind of rolls his eyes a little bit or something. <laughs> See, this is the episode where I, you could, you might be able to convince me to get behind the forest being gay for Riley thing. I'm still, I'm behind it. <laughs> I, I, I resist it because I hate Forrest so much, mm. but I get it in this episode. So uh, <laughs> Riley, after Graham compliments her, is like, see, you're a hit. Everyone loves you. Uh, pointedly ignoring Forrest's pointed silence mm, and also ignoring the fact that Maggie is staring at them from off mm. to the side. There's very a uh, <laughs> interesting. Lindsay Krauss had to do a lot of just stare directly into the camera. She had to do a stuff. lot of face acting this episode, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Well, we- yeah, she's great. <laughs> we cut to the intro. After the intro, we're in the cafeteria, and Buffy is bragging about how well she's doing with the initiative. Mm-hmm. She talks about this taser blast. And how many volts did she say it was? Like 20,000 or something? I don't know. I, I was I like, am. could it? Is that? I wonder if they looked up how many volts a human could withstand or something, and they were just like, is that many? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you could just be throwing out any number. Right. And say it's hyperbole or whatever. But yeah. Um, and you can already see like Willow's like feelings of alienation creeping in. Yes, she's scene. very uninterested in <laughs> Buffy's initiative goings on. And she's making this comment about Buffy having distractions of a more romantic nature. Buffy is like, or no, wait, is that Buffy that says it or Willow? It's Willow, yeah. Willow. And immediately Buffy just stops listening to her because Riley walks in and she's like staring him down. Right. Uh, they, they're talking about the, these plans they have. At first, it seems like Buffy doesn't remember, but then she's like, why would I forget Willow? Because they're going to go to the bronze and hang out tonight. It's an interesting Buffy impersonation. <laughs> yes. Uh, we also get some continuation of uh, Zan- uh, shit. Willow, <laughs> whoever it is. I'm turning into my grandma. <laughs> uh, Willow not liking Anya. Cause <laughs> oh, yeah. She's talking about playing poker, not... Or, Buffy says, sounds like fun. She's like, except for Anya part and the poker part. Yes. Same, Willow. Poker is not fun. I'm sorry. I was like, wow, Willow had a tear. Willow hated everything she was doing last night. Mm -hmm. Just go do something else. I mean, poker sucks. Sure does. Sometimes you got to do something that your friends want to do, you know? Sometimes you do. Xander really just, he needed to teach Anya how to play poker. Yeah. I mean, and if you like poker, you know, that's great. You do you, boo-boo. But it's not for me. (laughs) <laughs> uh buffy sees riley pick up a twinkie and she's like is that a twinkie he's gonna be so punished and i was like mm. <laughs> well that exists just so willow can have that really funny line next which is everyone's getting spanked but me yes and buffy's <laughs> like what <laughs> Willow's like nothing <laughs> it's very very funny very funny that was amazing and i was like of course buffy who famously never eats on screen would get mad at riley for touching a twinkie mm. He also had fruit. 
He did have fruit. You can have a Twinkie every now and again, Buffy. And also, don't worry about what other people are eating. Right. Some I, Our hero has to have flaws. <laughs> also, it's like, I mean, the man looks like he has like 1% body fat anyway. I don't think a Twinkie's going to hurt him. Right, exactly. Not that that's like virtuous. <laughs> body fat, but whatever. Uh, so we cut to we cut to Giles entering Spike's crypt, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, uh, I, I didn't mean to track mud all over your mud." Because Spike's like, "Why are you just clomping in here like that? Wipe your feet when you enter a person's home." Yes. <laughs> uh, and Spike's like, "Yeah, it's kind of a fixer upper. It needs a woman's touch." And I was like, "How about you just clean, you fucking weirdo?" Right. Such like a straight guy thing. It needs you to pick up a feather duster and get a cobweb off the ceiling. Like <laughs> I can't I can't put decorations on the walls. That's what girls do. Right. You, I mean, we saw how nice his lair with Harmony looked. Hmm. So Apparently that was all Harmony. He needs to Even hire the unicorn her. Unicorn poster. Even the uni- I thought that was Spike. <laughs> uh, a unicorn horn is kind of like a spike. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just making all kinds of word association fun. Right. So uh, Giles is like, you owe me a debt of gratitude. And Spike's like, you owe me money, $300. So Giles gives it to him. And he's like, count it if you like. And I was like, he doesn't just have $300 bills. Like, he didn't go to the bank and get a few hundred dollars. Like, well, he, he got all these 20s out of his little box in that drawer that he has in his desk. Oh, I don't. He does. He has a box of money in his desk. Well, he puts all of the money back in it when Scrat gives it back. Oh, uh, I guess he just keeps 20s laying around in anyway, his desk. Um, Giles is independently wealthy, so yeah. he just keeps money laying around. He doesn't. He's not Must worried. be nice. <laughs> but yeah, um... He talks. It's really interesting because he talks to Spike about like having a higher purpose and like why did this chip thing happen to him? And I was like, oh, okay. So we're trying. I, we're doing angel. I, I was going to say I had never realized they they did that. Yeah, that's at this point. That's this immediately show. what I thought of too. Because in Angel, like the whole thing is like the powers that be are sending visions to his friends to like help him to help people. Mm-hmm. So and so like Angel quite literally has a higher purpose and that possibly is why he was brought back from hell Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so intriguing yeah i thought that was very interesting so uh (laughs) spike's like i don't i don't give a shit this money wraps everything up uh i I don't want to associate with you guys anymore i'm I'm gonna keep being a vampire in the same town as the vampire slayer and just assume we'll never run into each other i mean he has good reason to believe that they don't give a shit about him so they they somewhat pointedly refused to kill him <laughs> yep and they just let him roam around so why wouldn't he feel fine staying there mm. <laughs> it makes me like they just they just let him go and live in a crypt somewhere do whatever he wants they leave him invited to giles's apartment whatever <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous it's incredibly ridiculous uh the things we do for james marsters you know this is egregious <laughs> what is that from I don't remember. I have no clue. Oh, well. Uh, he's like, don't come to me when uh, little Xander cuts a new tooth or Teen Witch's <laughs> magic goes all wonky. Teen Witch. That's a fun movie. I have never seen it. I love it. Uh, we so should watch it sometime. We should. Giles opens the door and Spike flinches because it's daytime. And he's uh, Spike's like, honeymoon's over. And Giles leaves. Mm, it's probably really problematic, actually. It's from the 80s. Everything <laughs> from the 80s is problematic. 
Right. I'm just kidding. It, it's, it might be fine. I don't remember. <laughs> so we cut to Riley and Buffy, and Riley's like, you don't have to do this. And Buffy says, I'm ready. I want to. And they an- enter the fancy elevator. I wrote this wallpaper slash wainscoting scheme is really heinous. Oh, absolutely. It is like so baby 90s. blue. Mm-hmm. And then the like that weird tiny pattern that looks like TV static almost, but it's actually weird little scroll shapes. I feel like one thing that will always become dated is interior design. Like I've never oh, yeah. seen any fashion more dated than I've seen like interior design of a house. I watched this video on YouTube just to make fun of it kind of and it was it's this guy that I, has started popping up on my stuff called design daddy hmm. and i also you know of course want to support gay content creators naturally um and it was like timeless classic design trends and it was literally just like everything that people are doing right now and i was like <laughs> okay yeah i bet they're gonna be timeless 10 years from now one of them Certainly. was one of them was checkerboard flooring. Uh, and I was like, you're just saying that because the 90s have come back around. Right. And also, like, brass fixtures and shit. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Well, there is the whole thing about uh, capitalism ruining design and, mm-hmm. like, just making everything uh, as, you know, like, sanitized and neutral as possible so that, like, if you have to sell a building that your Taco Bell franchise is at that the next person who comes around is not going to have to do a ton of redecorating. Mm. Anyway, it's yeah. it's a little bleak, and I it's watched, why nothing ever has any color anymore. I watched a video about that, too. Anyway, this isn't a design podcast. This is a podcast. <laughs> sure, it is a gay podcast, it though, is. so we are, uh, we are obligated to talk a little bit about interior design. Yes, by law. Uh, um, <laughs> then we start... Okay, wait, we forgot to mention, too, that this is the beginning of the sex metaphor. Yes, absolutely. Because he's like, we don't have to do this. She's like, I want to. I'm ready. I'm ready. And they, then they get into the initiative. First of all, this is ridiculous because this is just like an average size, like big warehouse. It's not gigantic or anything. It is, like it I is mentioned pretty in the weird initiative. that it's underneath her. You like her a frat house. house. That's pretty big. Uh, I mean, that's huge. It doesn't look For something that big to be underground. Mm, okay sure it's enormous and it has a giant trapezoidal aluminum foil covered swimming pool okay well you have a lot of a pit you have a lot of i hear a lot of talking (laughs) yeah it's a podcast no that's true what else are we gonna do interpretive dance (laughs) that would work uh so buffy's like you said it was big you never said it was huge (laughs) he says he doesn't like to brag and i was like that is a i the conceit of our no one has ever met a man who will not let his partner know that he has a gigantic penis before showing Mm. it Mm. anyway i'm like it also if i had a gigantic penis i would be telling everyone (laughs) (laughs) just kidding i wouldn't tell people about my penis unprompted he would let it be a surprise (laughs) i sure would uh and (laughs) so she's like uh i didn't i'm i'm not saying it was some fly-by-night operation or is it can you guys fly do you have jet packs (laughs) and i was like hmm jet packs interesting uh he's like i can't talk about it and i was like oh you can show you can show scientists experimenting on demons in this weird tinfoil swimming pool, but you can't say if you have jetpacks. <laughs> what? Maybe it was a joke. This, I, I don't. It didn't. It wasn't delivered like a joke to me. Mm. Maggie approaches as they're about to kiss, uh, and so they like pull apart, which is you know it's very like uh oh mom's coming. Mm. 
And she's like, you like it here? And Buffy says it's very clean. <laughs> it's all the aluminum foil. <laughs> right. It just seems sterile because of all the chrome. Right. Uh, Maggie gives her some like documents <laughs> to read. And <laughs> Buffy's like, I thought I was done getting homework from you. Oh, yeah. That's uh, more supportive. You're there not in her class anymore. Theory. Yes. And uh, so Zach did a, like a spoiler thing for an episode uh, an episode, an, a future episode, but it the spoiler was for this episode, so we can talk about it now. So, uh, I was talking about how they had finished with the final, and you were talking about a quote from later in the show about her saying, uh, "I did take psychology. Granted, it was from an evil government scientist who was skewered by our creation before the final." Mm-hmm. And uh, we we're like, "Aunt continuity," because she is no longer in her class. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what classes Buffy is taking anymore. She could feasibly be in another one, but that that line kind of seals the deal. Yeah, exactly. So, so up to that point, you could think that. Maggie's like, you'll have to eat them as soon as you're done with them. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> Riley's like, that's a joke. And Maggie's like, don't worry. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> I really love that. Yeah. It really is a shame. Uh, this is like, it's like she wasn't, it's like she was just starting to peak. Right? I know. And that's what makes me her. so mad. Uh, they didn't give her very much at all before this. So well, uh, everything she has had before, though, has been pretty great. Yeah. Evil bitch monster of death. <laughs> right. The thing where she's like, where Buffy tells her human being in pain, and she's like, I like her. Which comes up in this After episode. her just like telling her off. <laughs> right. Uh, so Maggie shows Buffy the pit. They call it the pit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also known as a trapezoidal swimming pool. And uh, we see some interesting looking demons that apparently mm-hmm. took eight of the initiative's men to bring down. Kind of look like green Zoidbergs. From <laughs> they do, kind of. So uh, those probably won't be important. I'm going to call them Zoidbergs. That's their name. <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> so just so you know, when I say Zoidbergs later. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll keep that in my brain. There my brain won't be any context. <laughs> Maggie mentions that they are studying xenomorphic behavior modification, and then Buffy's like, "So I've seen," and, and they Riley and Matt, yeah, they're just like, "What?" Some pointed looks because they still don't know that she's hanging out with Hostel Seventeen, which you Spike. know is like a kind of a weird oversight on Buffy's part. But also, they're not killing Spike, so you know, also, whatever. Riley directly saw Spike's face. He literally, <laughs> literally <laughs> saw Spike. He's been looking for him since, uh, since the initiative. Uh, for like five, six episodes now, whatever. So, <laughs> so she's like, like on the Discovery Channel, you know, they make the gorillas and the sharks all cuddly, mm-hmm. and they just buy that, I guess. <laughs> all right, sure. And then she says, "What's over there? She, Look over there!" I was like, "Come on, Jada Essence Hall." <laughs> yes. I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, so Maggie's like, you'll have to be cleared for use on these weapons. Uh, they can be kind of complicated, but you'll pick them up eventually. Uh, she, well, the line, the joke line is, I'm certain you'll pick that up. Don't pick that up. Yes, right. Exactly. Because she starts to pick up this earpiece thing, which is a calm cam. I mm. <laughs> The... Uh, the military abbreviations and slang and stuff in this in with just all of the initiative is just so mm. it is so cheesy and corny and sometimes I love it and sometimes I'm like Ugh! right also interesting because they don't know it but all of the initiative guys are cam boys. Ha! 
This oh yes. <laughs> this is also very For funny. This is also very, also very funny to me because it, this is like a prototype and it's like new science and new tech, but it's literally just a camera with a microphone that can also measure your heart rate. But the point of it is it's so small. Yeah. I know, like which about, is which is fancy for 1999. Yeah, like my mom had a camera, a camcorder, right? Uh-huh. And I mean, I think she had got it back like in the early 90s. But I'm trying to... Th- it was like the size of your lunchbox. It was <laughs> huge. But it's like that thing with uh, with any, th- any old thing that with like futuristic technology, it's like, oh, I can make a con- I-, I can make a hybrid cyborg demon man that can skewer we- me with his arm poker thingy. But uh, it is like wild to think of a tiny camera microphone. <laughs> mm. It's very it's just, it's just funny to me. To, it's just that uh well, that just phenomenon that it's futuristic at that time. Yeah, no, now exactly. That's like, the, that's oh, my point. Like a way, you can put a camera like on the end of a little pinhead that can like go in pipes and stuff. Yeah, you can swallow a camera that looks at your digestive tract. You can buy, you can buy one. Have you seen those things where it's like to clean your ear out and no. it has a camera on it and connect to an app on your phone? Don't buy it. No one it's buy like that. Little, Please don't buy it's that. Like a, I got an ad for it on Instagram or something. It's like a little hook. With a, a camera on it, so you can like see in your ear and scrape ear. If I learn that any of our audience has bought that, I will personally go to their house and stomp all over it. That Don't is tell ridiculous. Him. That would be weird. <laughs> That's like buying an ear candle. <laughs> so uh, wow, hating on the ear candle. It doesn't make the the wax you see is the wax from the <laughs> candle. <laughs> Ooh, oh, there's so much. <laughs> right. Well, oh my god, look at all this earwax. So uh Maggie shows her is going to bring her to see the uh HST containment and they pass by the the like restricted area door that's just there. It's very funny to me. It's just like, oh, here's our here's the door to our top secret area. It's just in our main room. <laughs> With a window on it. Right, with a window. You can see into you can see three fourteen right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. the room itself, like that the room exists, I don't think is a secret. Yeah, yeah. It's but what is it's, in the room. It is still very like you could just kinda like look at someone walking in the door and probably see something. And the only reason that like Ethan knew about it is from demons and like probably Which, some like psychic demons or I don't. Yeah. Well, I was wondering that too. Precognitive demons. Did they bring demons in there and then back out? Whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So I like a Doyle type demon. Right. I mean, maybe we just have to assume that though, because the show surely isn't going to give us that information. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, she's like, oh, that's a restricted research area. She gives her a security card and a pager. And I was like, hmm, continuity con- problem. Continuity. Because uh, she's like, wow, I've been thinking about getting one of these. Are you forgetting your like clear plastic, disgusting pager from <laughs> Never Kill a Boy on the First Date had, okay. that had dust all over it? It's a little crusty. Disgusting is Musty, a lot. crusty. Fucking, you act like it came out of fucking like 90s a, ass like clear a shell pager. Pile of turds or something. <laughs> it looked really gross. It was. I mean, it looked like something real that had been the in props somebody's department, pocket. The props department really... Look at, look at your phone real close and tell me that ain't gross. So, it's crusty but my phone isn't on a television show anyway. Well, that would be unrealistic. You, the you think they're coming to for this What show, else is realism? Reali- what is realism? <laughs> uh, do you, is a vampire slayer realistic, Zachary? Your butt's realistic. <laughs> is a salter top the cheese? Well, you have to have realistic elements to sell the fantasy. 
Uh, oh, so we got to make sure we got a musty, crusty pager up in here. But you'd have preferred her to have a brand new one from Sharper Image, apparently. Yes, absolutely. So uh, Maggie's like, you <laughs> lose mall. one of these, there's hell to pay. And around here, we mean that literally. <laughs> <laughs> you have no fucking idea what hell is, Maggie Walsh. Buffy's been there. What? <laughs> well, no, she's she been hasn't. in a hell dimension before. Uh, excuse oh, she me, Anne. Yeah. JK, this thing. <laughs> so... Um, we cut to Willow and Tara, and Tara is down bad. Oh I my forgot how fast this shit happens. Like, mm. in the first episode Tara is in after Hush, uh, it's like so obvious that she is so into Willow. Yep. And that was uh, in uh, A New Man. It's like, why don't you come over and we could do a spell? Right, oh. exactly. If Tara is so into Willow, and it is adorable. <laughs> I love it. Amber Benson is so great, too. Like, all her little mannerisms and her expressions and stuff. We have this fancy zigzag part again. Yes. Uh, and she's like, the doll's eye crystal, which just conveniently is something Willow needed for a spell later, which is interesting. Oh, did she take uh, it? She yeah, Well, she had it when she did the deionization thing, or the oh. ionization spell in her hand. See, I saw her. She had a crystal, but I didn't think it was the same one. It looks like the same one too. It did, me. yeah. I did notice that it d- does look similar. It would be really weird for them to have two different <laughs> right. pinky, purpley crystal things. You and think she's they like, would... here's this like super rare magical object that I found in my attic. I would like to give it to you, and person who I'm in no way attracted to. Right? She thinks <laughs> she thinks that it's her grandma's. She's not sure. And Willow's like, I couldn't do that. It's really sweet, but it's like a family heirloom. And Tara's like a little disappointed. She's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but if you, uh, and Willow's like, but if you wanted to try some spells with it, I wouldn't say no. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. Tara's like, I'll spell the fuck out of you. <laughs> so Tara invites her to do something tonight. And she's like, oh no, I have plans with Buffy and I invite you, but it's like another crowd. And uh, Tara's like, oh, th- another time. That's okay. And she's kind of disappointed womp. again. It's so, it's so cute. It it's is so precious. sweet. I love this scene so much. Yes. Uh, Tara, sweet angel baby. And so, yes. And Tara's like, I I better get to class. I'll see you later. And she leaves. Mm. I love her so much. So we cut to Maggie going into 314. I called it the restricted section. The restricted section. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some dude, some random dude in there, I guess, who's helping her out with this stuff. Doctor something. Doctor. I think his name starts with, his last name starts with the A, but I can't remember. Right. Uh, They talk about how Buffy is unpredictable, how she's an unnecessary risk. And then uh, Maggie says, how's our baby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. The guy says, uh, the reflexes and motor functions, everything's off the charts, and it's almost time for him to wake up. Maggie says his name for the first time, which is Adam. He said, wake up, Maggie, I think I got something to say to you. <laughs> Mommy. Anyway, sorry, that's oh, later. Yeah, you, um, don't get ahead of yourself, Zachary. I was like, I wrote, and Republicans think stem cells are bad. She's got like literal human parts on this. Scene. Right. Certainly, oh, you, this cer- certainly, there's no significance to the fact that he is named after the first man. This is this is before the Pulgar part. Yes. Uh, yeah. She says it's, it's also really funny that she not only created a Frankenstein's monster, but named it Adam, which is I'm pretty sure what it's named in the book. Oh, I did not know that. Interesting. 
And uh, it's she's... like, wow, you just didn't read Mary Shelley at all. Huh? <laughs> right. You think she would, a, f- a fucking psychology major. Mm. Uh, so, excuse me, psychology professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she says, graduated. she says, I know you're going to make me proud, mm. which I, we, we're, we're really laying it on thick with the like motherly vibes. And it's not just with Riley and now Adam, like she calls the initiative guys, her boys and stuff like that. Well, and it's not like this is out of nowhere in this episode. She's dumb into it. Has she though? Yeah. Well, like there was the whole vibe of like when uh, Buffy met her, that she was, like, meeting Riley's mom and, like... Yeah, but that... Okay. He's, she's, like, a lot but of times... But it's been really recent. She said a happened. lot of times, like, I don't know, like, make me proud, like, do 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 sort of stuff. I know she does that in this episode, literally. I can't think of anything like past before the last couple of episodes. I do remember Hush when she says, be a good boy, but that's in Buffy's dream. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was Buffy having a prophecy dream about Maggie being a creepy, weird pseudo mother figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of Maggie's characterization, specifically in these past couple episodes where she starts to get super motherly, mm-hmm. is based on Joss Whedon's own mother. Because mm. uh, he's talked a lot she about was her. An evil government mad scientist. Right. <laughs> he's talked a lot about her and how she's like kind of a hard ass and stuff like that. Mm. So part of this season is Joss Whedon airing out his mommy issues. Oh, so he wants to murder her. <laughs> I think she Yikes. was dead already. So, oh, <laughs> do we know how? I, <laughs> I, I could be wrong about that though. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, we cut. Maybe to I the... should make jokes about Joss Whedon's dead mom. Awkward. Uh, 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 uh. What, what are you gonna do? Make him sad? <laughs> so <laughs> we cut to the bronze. Uh, Xander has been peddling food bricks, according to Anya, <laughs> instead of paying attention to her. Processed food bricks. And he's like. <laughs> It, he's like, uh, Anya, this gets me money to take you places and buy you pretty things. And now she, and then she's on board with it. And she's like, mm-hmm. I support you. Sell more. Uh, he, but he only brought one and he's eating it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Xander thing to do. Right. Uh, so especially, I feel like I can really relate to, to eating something that obviously doesn't taste good, but you're like, it's there. <laughs> right. Who can't, you know? So uh, Xander is like, maybe we should go home. It's kind of late. And Willow's like, but Buffy's not here yet. Apparently, she's almost an hour late. Hmm, Buffy, standing up your friends. I liked the line about she's probably out living the life of Riley, which is really funny. What's I never funny? understood that. Uh, huh? I don't, is, is that, that another reference? saying you've never heard before? Life of Riley. The life of Riley. You never heard that ever? I don't think so. Wow. <laughs> Do you I, even live in the South? You don't know pop culture. I don't know... Old people sp- saying. <laughs> I don't know uh, figures of speech from the 1960s. I, it's probably from like the 1800s. Or <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't look that up. That's weird of me. Uh, interesting. I didn't even take any sort of note with that. Well, how could you? You never heard it before, apparently. <laughs> so we, uh, the Buffy finally comes in. Uh, after Willow's like, she said she was lo- looking forward to spending quality time with us. But Buffy comes in with Riley and not only Graham and wait, Forrest. You, so hold on. Oh, so you're going to make me listen to the origin of this phrase. But you don't even know what it means. I No, I don't. It's like somebody who has like a really cushy, easy life is what it means. Ah. 
but yeah, I mean, I was looking it up, but I was just going to learn that myself. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so, um, for some reason, there's Forrest and Graham and two other guys who Riley names. He, like, introduces them to Willow and Xander and Anya. But I didn't write down their names because they don't do or say anything <laughs> in the there's, entire episode. Yeah, there's, like, so many of them. I was like, wh- there's only, he brings two other ones besides Graham and Forrest. But they don't there's no purpose there's no reason for that mm. i don't understand why like maybe it was to make the initiative seem bigger or something i don't know mm. yeah it's like like they trimmed the bush back a little <laughs> yes so buffy says sorry about the latitude i enjoyed that turn mm-hmm. of phrase <laughs> and Xander's like we hadn't noticed very passive aggressive from him mm. are you surprised not in the slightest uh willow says well you know the more the more (laughs) you know what i always say yeah it's like a very awkward thing and like willow has this whole thing about how she's like well i could have invited other people if i knew we were letting other people come yeah because buffy and willow are alone because xander and anya go to dance and the commandos go and get some drinks and uh yeah and then buffy's like oh, I'm sorry. Like, it was hard for me not to invite them because they, like, threw a whole celebration in my honor. And then she's like, who did you want to invite? And Willow doesn't mention it. Mm. She doesn't say it. She's like, oh, no one. I was being hypothetical. And I was like, mm-hmm. hmm. Methinks Willow has uh, has uh, given more information than she was willing I to thought you were about by to say accident. doth protest too much. <laughs> Willow doth protest too much. Doth I protest too much. That's an uh, Avril Lavigne song. That, no, it's or not. Not Avril Lavigne. It's Alanis Morissette. I just did the voice, too. Earlier this no, week, I too another, another example of Zach not knowing pop culture uh earlier this you week, made fun of me for not knowing somebody's name i literally know no celebrity's name i say them all wrong. exactly it's very funny to me earlier this week i was singing uh you're so vain very famous song maybe the only song anyone knows well, uh, many people know by carly simon mm-hmm. and i was singing it zach zachary reichard says to me <laughs> is that tony braxton they sound pretty similar <laughs> They do. No, they don't. Ashley, back me up on it. No, they do. Uh, oh, you're talking about the names because Carly Simon, Simon Braxton. No. To- what? No, that's what Ashley said. She like compared it to someone else's name, but she there were like two degrees of separation. I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> it was ridiculous, you're and ridiculous. you're ridiculous. So <laughs> never purported not to be ridiculous. Uh, that's true. So Willow's like, what are you celebrating? And she's like, I'm in the initiative. Uh, it's really grand, as in the canyon. Uh, and <laughs> Willow's like, really? Again, I say neat. Because uh, she's been saying neat a lot every time Buffy brings up the initiative. Yeah, it's just this kind of growing awkwardness between them because of Buffy getting so kind of just into the initiative and basically just like mm-hmm. forgetting that her friends exist. Uh, right, exactly. And so, which is kind of a continuation from Newman with the whole like, you know, she's just like, oh, I forgot to tell Giles that we had discovered who the commandos are. Right, exactly. I'm so busy having a boner for Riley, which I mean, I don't blame her. It's just kind of, it's sort of just been like slowly growing all season. At the beginning, it wasn't as prevalent, but we did have the whole thing where Willow was like, oh, we didn't notice Buffy was going through a thing in the very first episode. Mm 
and then uh like we get to something blue and she's like you guys don't even want to be inconvenienced by my bad feelings and stuff like that Mm. so it's just sort of been festering a little bit and riley and the initiative have been making it exponentially worse yeah the whole like i mean that's like one of the big themes right of this whole season is right just the exactly. separation of friends and like as you're getting older sometimes it's like harder to be mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. close yes how astute zachary mm-hmm. i have always <laughs> been a really astute you've always been an <laughs> you've always been an ass toot <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure uh we get the line about walmart and bag boys yes uh, <laughs> Yes, the line about Walmart and bag boys, bag boys, and now we'll move on. And no, so oh, and uh, Willow brings up what um, Ethan Rain said, and Buffy's like, uh, "Yeah, sure, let's trust him." Yeah, right. Uh, well, and Willow brings up a very good point for anything you know government related, which is, I just think you should ask some questions before you go off and enlist. Yeah, and it's sort of like there might be like a little bit of an argument about to break out, but then all the initiative people's pagers go off really loudly Very in the bronze, inconspicuously. That they're Incredib- all getting beeped in the same time, and no one's like, "Why are these six people's pagers all beeping at the same time and they're leaving really quickly?" Right. <laughs> no one. I mean, people know not to ask questions in Sunnydale. They're the worst at uh, hiding. Yes, they're in terrible everything. in any in every way. <laughs> yeah, and then Will more continuity. I guess Willow maybe didn't know. No, mm. she would have known that Buffy had a pager because Giles tells them in Never Kill a Boy on the first date that he can page her. Pagers and beepers are the same, are not the same, or are the same thing, right? Yes, I believe so. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. If you want to page, page me, me, it's that's okay. okay. <laughs> Whatever you need me, baby, call me. Beat me why are there two? There's just two different names for the same thing. Buffy walks so Kim Possible could run. Yes, mm. I think so. Anyway, I was just wondering that while I was watching that, and I figured I didn't know the answer, and I didn't care to look. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and that's okay. Now we uh, get into a briefing on the Polgara, and it's really interesting because they're saying they want to study it, and I'm like, well, then how do you know all this shit? Right? How do you know it's got these big old bone skewers? But you. Yeah, this is kind of a a break in the logic of this whole thing. So, because like, if you need to study, like, how do you know that? I mean, I guess they could want another specimen to study, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we don't ask questions here. We're the military. Well, yeah, I mean, it would make. Well, I'm saying, it seems like they already pretty much know everything about it. I mean, yeah, I exactly. know why they're wanting it. Obviously, uh-huh. is not what they're saying, but. I don't know. It's interesting because they seem to have just like ignored that there's all this like demonology that's already out there. Well, yeah, they don't read books. They they're like, oh, but yet no, they have an illustration a... of one from a book. Is it from a book? I mean, where else would it come? From? One of them could. They clearly they have just seen drew one an before. old science textbook style illustration. Probably, of it. I don't know. Anyway, also the little um, arm skewer um. penis metaphor things are. Um, <laughs> Way, way too long. They don't make sense. Steph from Prophecy Girls calls them arm needles. Well, because they're like, um, well, literally later on, it's used as like a stand-in for a boner. Yes. And, but it's like twice as long as the arm. Like, it's so weird. Anyway. Yes, it is very, like, this, it seems like a really inefficient weapon. Just like, well, yeah, that, but also just like mechanic, it's like. It just would be hard to maneuver with. It's like, if you look, <laughs> I guess this is my fault for taking biology classes, but like, 
just looking at it, it like comes from the upper arm, uh-huh. but it's like four times longer than the upper arm. <laughs> anyway, whatever. It's very funny. So uh, they're giving this like briefing about this Polgara demon and how they can't damage its arms. <laughs> Buffy raises her hand and Maggie's like, oh, someone has a question. She's like, Buffy, is that everything okay? Mm-hmm. And Buffy's like, why can't we damage this polka thing's arms? <laughs> <laughs> I love right. her not knowing the names of demons. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. And, well, and it's really interesting because she's asking, like, really good questions. Uh-huh. And they're, like, shitting their pants nervous all of a sudden. Like, oh, a, qu- a question. Ah. A single question? Yeah, right. Exactly. Because yeah. she hasn't been broken by the military-industrial complex. And then she's like, you should probably change your top, bro. And then Buffy's like, oh, I've patrolled in this halter many times. Oh, she, she's like, oh, the camo? Uh, I, I, I can't wear that. I'd look all Private Benjamin. Her necklace is bizarre. Very bizarre. It looks like... Well, actually, what it looks like to me is like, you know, like when the carpet starts to get ripped, say, because like your cat is tearing it up at the <laughs> corner. Uh-huh. And like it kind of comes off in pieces and like a string mm-hmm. of like carpet. That's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of look like that. Or like somebody just tied a bunch of weird ribbons in knots to it. I don't, it is a very weird necklace. I don't get it. <laughs> so no offense if you're wearing that necklace right now. Right. And everyone just kind of laughs at her about patrolling in the halter. She looks really good, by the way, mm-hmm. despite the weird necklace. Yeah, the weird necklace notwithstanding. <laughs> She's looking great. And then she starts to ask another question. Oh, I really like her flipped over a little kind of messy knot in the back, too. That's very cute. Yes, absolutely. She starts to ask another question, and Maggie's like, let's save all the questions till the end. And then the guy's like, actually, that was it. She's like, like, okay, go. And she's like, oh, Finn, deploy the teams. Right. <laughs> she, this is a zap and trap, a capture, not quill. Any questions? Yeah, not a quill at all. And after she asks for questions again, she's like, Buffy. <laughs> Right. Very funny. Willow shows up to Tara's black painted dorm room. Mm-hmm. We find out that Willow uh, is a lyricist for Alanis Morissette, and I said the right name that time. Wait, what? Isn't it How ironic? do we find yeah, what? Irony's kind of ironic, though. Oh, okay, okay. So, but Willow actually knows what irony is. <laughs> Certainly. So she's like, my prior engagement ended. A friend went to do something with another crowd. Irony's kind of ironic that way. Very excited that Willow came over and doesn't care about this story. She is very smiley. She is not head empty, no notes, car gone. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we cut back to... And well, uh, it's very this, the way like Tara lets her into the room and like closes Mm. the door and the way it's like shot is very like uh mm, like I I brought you up to my apartment and we're mm. like gonna hang it, out inside. It's very come to my window. <laughs> anyway, sure is. <laughs> and Not by that, a and by that I mean lesbianic. Yep, lesbianic. That's <laughs> correct. Uh, so yeah, now we cut back to Buffy and the Initiative. Yeah, Buffy and Riley's team are patrolling, and interestingly, Riley does not have Graham or Forrest with him. Or yeah, they're not at the initiative. Right. I meant she's with them. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and Buffy's like, I guess she hates me now, which is like everyone, or everyone with social anxiety, at least, when oh, yeah. when a person express- expresses any minute amount of displeasure with them, uh, even a single time. Or just anything that's neutral or below right exactly i was uh, like i feel this buffy and uh she's like questions and initiative faux pas yes 
Right. I do I do appreciate that Buffy is like not really hiding stuff from the initiative anymore like her cuz if she Except were Spike. Well, no that's not what I mean. Uh, what I mean is like she was like diminishing her abilities and stuff before mm-hmm. and I feel like Buffy has uh, progressed a little bit in her ideas about the initiative and her mm-hmm. relationship with them where like bo- like she before she was like wouldn't even tell them oh i'm super strong and i've stopped the world from ending a million times Mm. but now she's like asking questions even though they don't want her to ask questions and she's like pushing against them a little bit right well and willow did you know this yeah willow helped out with that in her her mind she wasn't she had no she would have just been like exactly yeah and uh so yeah, so um, Riley lets the thing slip about <laughs> Maggie Walsh liking Buffy before he did, and which you know, nice, nice bit of continuity there because yeah. that happened in uh, in what was it? It was something blue. And then we cut to Forrest being all pissy. Oh wait, like, but you forgot the line where she's like, "Oh, you didn't? Did you not like me before?" She no, she says, "What do you mean she liked me before you did?" <laughs> and then Forrest is all pissy about Riley being with Buffy, and Forrest is one with that boy's thinking with. He's not thinking about fucking me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've always been second in command, and steady picks a girl. And I was like, shut the fuck up, Forrest. I know uh, Kyle doesn't like Forrest, and that's why he doesn't want to buy into the Forrest's gay. Play. Well, this is where I was like, okay, maybe. I think. Forrest is really hot, and that's why I want to buy him. I mean, I think he's quite attractive. (laughs) I still hate him. I know that's not. Those are two separate things. It's like, I mean, Xander is very attractive, and he's he's a shit stain. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. And then... See, listen, I... There's, like, a whole thing. A lot of people, like, get all up in arms about, like, not... Uh, allowing themselves to find bad people attractive your physical you just have to being pretty does not make you good and people have to realize that you can Mm -hmm. be pretty and sexy and also a bad person and that's you can be attracted to someone who's a terrible person and like it's okay if it feeds their ego or something and nice is different than good nice is different than good (laughs) so anyway um yeah i totes agree as we just have to, I mean, it's easy for a fat person to say this because I have to believe I'm a good person, even though I'm a chunky monster. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's okay for someone to be pretty and bad. Like, like if, if we were monsters and I just, or if we were serial killers, they would have been like, we should have known. But if we were like <laughs> classically hot, if we both lost like 50 pounds, they'd be like, oh, I'd never, I'd I never, never would have thought he was a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought they all were just drooling monsters. I yeah. thought the serial killers were supposed to have one eyeball and a hunchback and warts all over their body. Yeah, and be like, I am evil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of evil, Hostel 17 jumps in and uh, they start a standard flanking. Yes. And uh, and the, oh, this get- entire team of military man, men who like have captured demons before cannot seem to catch him. And he gets to do more selective violence. Yeah. He throws a bag at one of them and then pushes one of them out of the way or something. I mean, I know like pushing, I guess, is technically not really. But like he can't even like hold a weapon up at somebody. It's very strange. And And so they can't. So they can't even they cannot even like capture this vampire who can't even hit them. And there's so many of them. And after he gets away. 
They shoot him with a tracer for which they have the tracking device in front of them. And they don't even get close to him until the next day. What the fuck? Anyway, that's wild. Now we cut. Wait, 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 wait. I do want to mention the the uh, the cartoon grocery bag that he has. <laughs> He's yeah. got the paper bag With under the his two arm. With pa- the two cartons of cigarettes sticking out of it. Right. <laughs> Which, how are they sticking out of it like that? Mm. Are, are they like giant long cartons? Girl, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell what was coming out of his bag. Cartons of cigarettes. So it's like big long cartons of cigarettes or something? Yeah, probably. Because I was thinking, uh, anyway. <laughs> What you expecting to have a loaf of French bread? Well, it does kind of look <laughs> like that, which is why I'm yeah, mentioning it. Yeah, it is very it. that. Anyway, now we cut to the slow motion fighting boning montage. So yeah, Graham's on the talkie Ugh. Uh, for Riley, and again He's on the old timey pictures. This is this is another one of those technology things because. Uh, He's like completely break, like they're breaking up. He can't hear anything Graham's saying, and, and he's he kind says of distracted. Talkie, which I would assume would be a walkie-talkie. Yes, but he hands him a flip phone. Yeah, very strange. Uh, <laughs> anyway, a demon attacks them while Riley is distracted, and they start to fight. And we just get a long montage with some vaguely sci-fi music of it's like cutting between them having sex and fighting the demon, and mm-hmm. it, it lasts like three minutes or something like that. It is pretty long. And I think it's really, it's like neat. No, I kind of like it. It's well done. No, yeah. And then like, it's funny because like, she kind of like pulls his shirt off. And then the next thing we see is the demon arm with the boner. uh, Yes. And um, the spiky thing. I had, I cannot believe I never caught that before. Mm -hmm. The boner thing. And then she's like, so what do you want to do now? And this is after we've seen them climax. Right. <laughs> and then uh, the music is still going. And then we see Maggie Walsh just like watching. So creepy. It's so staring cool. so blankly at them fucking. Her facial expression is insane. I mean, we couldn't see her hands. <laughs> and she has, it's not just Riley's room that she can see. <laughs> she can't see her hands. It's not just Riley's room. That, that is disgusting. <laughs> uh, she, this is her son figure. Mm. Um, it's not just Riley's room. She yeah, has I mean, screens for all of the agents. She's an evil mad scientist. You don't think she could be a little bit Oedipal too? <laughs> it's like Oedipal. a reverse Oedipus. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Yuck. Also, he's not literally her son. I know. I know. <laughs> so anyway. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, it is unethical because he is her... <laughs> uh her if she is his superior that has it's unethical without that relationship it's at all unethical, <laughs> it's unethical to have the camera inside his room watching and watch him somebody have sex fuck. With his yeah, anyway <laughs> the unethical thing is that she is his superior yeah that's the bad part <laughs> so we cut if to know him it'd be cool right after the break it's a joke <laughs> after the break we cut to giles who does not care about xander's bars and we get an appearance of his little jade colored coffee cup yes it's I so think cute. it's so cute i want one of those uh-huh uh so anya's like tell just tell him you want money he'll understand and giles ends up buying a maple walnut one he takes a bite and he says please leave my home now <laughs> That line fucking kills me every time. And Xander's like, like, maybe you're just more of a cherry berry fellow. It's the gritty texture, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then Spike. Also, the way he like pokes the little bar through and like hands it to him. Uh, yes. Like, like he, it's like he's a sommelier with a bottle of wine or something. Uh, that it's is really funny. I didn't even know. That is so funny. It's a funny bit. So Spike runs in under a blanket. It's a who- very nice tarp this time. Yes. Not that shredded up rag that he had before. True. And I was like. 
first of all, how long has Spike been running? How long did it take him? It was dark when he started running. He had time to initiative. stop and get a blanket. His, uh, he like went to his crypt, got whatever. a tarp, then ran to Giles's house. But it can't have taken more than an hour or two. It's like full daylight outside. Anyway, yeah. they also never uninvited Spike. They just want him to have free roam around Sunnydale, including their homes. Whatever. It's not like Spike could bring a demon into I mean, Giles's apartment at night. Giles doesn't even lock his door and he lives in Sunnydale. <laughs> True. That's wild. Anyway, it's, it is insane. The fact that any of them are alive is very surprising. <laughs> Incredibly. Especially Buffy. Uh, She's yeah. literally died before. And then uh, it's funny. There's kind of like a, I don't know if it's an intentional callback, but he says, you're the bloody freaking Calvary. Which is kind of a throwback to Pangs. Yes. Uh, so uh, they're like, why the fuck should we help you? And he's like, I helped you when you were a Fiaral demon. And he's like, I paid you $300 fucking dollars, you bitch. Right. I like, Yeah, I love that part where he's like, Giles is so sassy. And he's like, uh, no, you have to do better. Tell me why. And he says that thing and he's like, oh, hell no. I didn't help you out of the evilness of my heart. I made you pay. And he's like, you right bastard. <laughs> and so Spike gives back the money he had left after buying blood and cigarettes. And I was like, Giles doesn't need this fucking money. Get something else from Spike. And Giles pulls a small box out of his desk and puts the money in it. And <laughs> right. It back, which I thought was really funny. Just my box of money. <laughs> he gives him the $300 minus blood and smokes. Right. Exactly. That's why they were sticking out. He had the blood on the bottom. The little, the little soup containers of blood. Yes. On the bottom of the bag. Right, right. Mm. So <laughs> uh, he's like, Anya and Xander are just staring at him. He's like, circle the wagons, tend to the wounded, no time for layabouts. Hmm. In it. Oh, what this next scene is, I was, I was, my heart hurt when I, I saw know. this next scene. I had never, like, I until we started really, like, you know, talking about this podcast for four hours a week or talking about the show for four hours a week, I hadn't really considered... This is the first time Bummy's had sex with somebody that and wasn't they was, gone. They were there the next morning. It is so sad. But it is the third time she's had sex with a man who has red sheets. <laughs> <laughs> of course. they're Naturally, they're red. I'm pretty sure Farkers were red. She never has sex in her own bed. Mm. Uh, so Buffy wakes up. And she has this brief moment of panic. Yeah, she like jerks around to look on the other side of the bed and Riley's there and he's like, you weren't expecting to see me? And she's like, I never know what to expect. Mm. And I was like, Buffy, you weren't expecting to see him because it never happened. And he didn't go soulless and evil. Uh, he he didn't uh, he wasn't immediately like oh you were just a sex toy why are you so pressed 
uh, and, and so they kiss, and then there's like some tweeting. I don't even know what this is coming from. Oh, it says his alarm clock, obviously. Mm. She's like, oh, your robot bird sounds hungry, as apparently a reminder to take his vitamins. Vitamins. Uh, and he takes them, uh, and it makes a point to show us that. Buffy's like, oh, you're quite the regimental soldier. He's like, I'm how they trained me. And she's like, who? He says, the government. I got special ops training for this. And she's like, what did they tell you it was for? Zachary fucking, what? You're just going to hit your microphone stand with things and act like you're surprised that it makes a sound? Yes. It's so ridiculous. You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Uh, And... (laughs) Uh, he's like, I, I didn't ask any questions. I'm trained to follow orders. In the not second ask questions. she starts asking him stuff, the phone rings. Right, exactly. Interesting. And uh, yeah, he, he's like, oh, I'll be there right away. Which I didn't put together. It's like Maggie was just like watching him. Right, exactly. She knows uh, She knows what Buffy's talking about. I guess there's a microphone in there, too. They must have a com cam on the ceiling. Com cam. <laughs> As one does. As one does. Uh, so Buffy asks what's going on. He's like, I don't know. And she's like, you really aren't one for asking questions. <laughs> and he's like, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> it's very like cutesy. So much. <laughs> kind of saccharine. You're talking. So anyway, that's a drag race season four, four, five, four. Uh, reference. Four. four. Yeah. So Sean beyond. Sean beyond. Now, uh, we're back in the initiative. Riley's curious. He's looking in windows, knocking yeah. on doors. <laughs> and uh, she puts him in charge of the hospital. So, wait. 17. So, Zach didn't actually say what happened. He's looking at 314 through the security uh-huh. door. We have to ex- actually explain what happened hey. to not just make references. I, do we? I mean, do, we don't have to, I, <laughs> I guess. I think you're being a little granular. But. You're granular. I mean, um, he's so like he's been poisoned by Buffy the same way that boys, Buffy was poisoned by Willow. He's like, ooh, maybe I should start asking questions. Yeah, they, it's like that episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother with the glass shattering. Sure. They're having the glass shatter moment. <laughs> I've never watched that show. It's too straight for me. Well, there's this part where they're like, everybody has some annoying thing about them. And when they find it out, there's this glass shattering sound and then they can't unnotice it. Oh, ugh, that is such a, like a straight people thing. I feel like, oh, like, I Oh, I, I heard you slurp your macaroni once and now I'm not attracted to you anymore. What? Nothing. Well, it's not mind. about it being isn't. attracted. It's just like, no. Oh, okay. That's a different, I was it's thinking, just like annoying. I was thing. thinking of a different stereotypical thing that is very like heteronormative. Alison Hannigan's annoying thing that everybody knows this about her is that she chews really loud. And they're like, what are you eating? Broken glass? And there's this point, there's this scene where she's eating cotton candy and it's like, whoosh, whoosh. it's so funny. That does sound very funny. Anyway, listen. The trick is to have a friend. It is a really straight show, but it has its moments. The trick is to find a friend who is so annoying that n- no one ever notices anyone else's annoying quirks. Mm, that's That's what I've always done. <laughs> That's who I am. <laughs> so uh, Maggie puts Riley in charge of looking for Spike, and she says, "Make me proud." We cut into three fourteen. The the dude there is sawing something with one of those like handheld little saws. I don't know his name. Not He's the guy, like a doctor from, guy. Not the guy from the Big Lebowski, but that doctor guy, <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> right? Uh, and he's 
So they decide they have to kill Buffy. Yes. Which is the contingency Because scenario. she knows the project exists and she has too much influence over Agent Finn. Riley. I mean Agent Finn. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. Can't oh, you didn't point that out with your mother shit. You've been talking this over. Right. Time. And we see that he has sawn the uh, bone skewer off the of... The whole arm. Yeah, Yes, off of the Polgara the demon. Which you can just put people and demon parts together like... Like little, yeah. Uh, you just just sew them together. Puzzle pieces. <laughs> NBD. Uh, so we cut to Giles, who is working on Spike's tracker. He tells Anya to get some cognac, and Sp- Spike's like, "You're gonna get snuckered or something like that." Right. And uh, he's like, "I need to anesthetize you if I'm going to work on you," which is very nice of Giles because <laughs> Spike is annoying as shit. Well, I, I mean, I was going to say it's probably just to keep make him be less annoying. Right, keep him from screaming or something. Yeah. And uh, and we get another, like, ooh, I was a soldier once on Halloween moment. And I was like, when does this matter and when does it not? You couldn't well, remember how to fight? Also, I mean, this is probably just, like, being a science, or, like, not science, like a science fiction nerd. But he's shot by a bullet that's blinking right and nobody could just be like oh it's probably a tracer yeah exactly like, like i feel like you'd be able to figure i mean i guess that weird of a thing in the night i guess maybe it could be a bomb <laughs> also an actual tracer bullet just lights up when you shoot it but um that's besides the point right <laughs> so xander's uh, like we have we don't have any time i know this is a tracer because i conveniently remember that i was a soldier one time when the plot demands it about um, futuristic military technology. Right, I was like, certainly, I certainly didn't exist. My bro- my brother is a uh, is in the Army National Guard, and uh, I'm certain that he has never learned anything about shooting a tracer on a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> Xander was just a regular soldier for one night. I think it would have made more sense if he had thought about it from comic books, but uh, yeah, that makes that would make so much more sense anyway. instead of just like, you know conveniently forgetting or not forgetting that he was a soldier whatever yeah so it's a homie <laughs> bacon and then uh, i think that i think this is a detail of the show that some people really like that the they're like thing. "Ooh, xander was a soldier and he remembers things what continuity and i'm just like yeah okay he doesn't know how to I, hit someone <laughs> like what's going on yeah he forgot that i i mean i think it is a fun callback but yeah it is a little silly it is a, a fun, little, like you sh- can have fun callbacks without it being like, oh, the plot demands knowledge. It so is, here's the knowledge. It is a bit shoehorned. So yeah. um, we're back at the dorm room where neither Buffy nor Willow came home last night. Yeah, Buffy returns and she's like, Willow's not there. And this when when we got to the scene, I was like, I wonder, you know, th- it's not a spoiler. Like we, we're all gay here, you know, sure. like we see what's happening. We know what this is building to. And when I when this scene happened and Willow returns to the room after an entire night of not being there, after she went into Tara's room, mm. I was like, I wonder how many straight people in the year 2000, uh, later in the season when this is ad- addressed explicitly, I wonder how many of them were shocked Pikachu face. We'll talk more <laughs> about it when it happens. Um, yeah. And so... Uh, also, you pointed this out too. Yes, I was so I was so proud of myself that you didn't notice that the dingoes. Well, I had kind of 
thought about it. But oh, okay. You did I, think about it. I didn't. Oh, no, <laughs> I know it's as a joke. But you you had reminded me because I I had fully forgotten to bring it up. And you were talking when we watched it the last time about um, her not having the Dingo's poster anymore. Yeah, she it's gone, and I don't know when that happened. Moved on from Oz. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, clearly it would have either. happened sometime after something blue. We really haven't seen in their room. Very we've much. we've seen in their room in Hush and in Doomed. Yeah, maybe not in the Iron Team, but I, I bet. Don't remember if I, I, don't, I wouldn't I be can't surprised if it was on the wall still in Hush or not. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. It would be interesting if it didn't come off the wall until, until this, episode. this episode because you need to go hush. back and look at that yeah yeah so i don't know if we could see that wall though yeah i, I don't know either I don't but remember. they kind of have a shot of the whole room so you would think because riley's sitting on willow's bed uh anyway yeah so uh willow comes home they greet each other and they both notice that the other was out all night buffy apologizes to her for bailing at the bronze Willow very half-heartedly is like, don't worry about it. And then Buffy's pager goes off and, <laughs> and Willow's like, they really keep you hopping. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Buffy leaves. The phone rings. Willow answers it. It's Giles. He needs her, not Buffy. And I I like to imagine Willow's ego is stroked by that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's all more, and it's even more like subtle kind of separation of Scoobies versus right. Buffy of what that what's going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so and we get a classic Buffy transition where Willow says, "What do you want me to do?" And then we right. cut to Maggie saying, "Reconnaissance." Right, what she wants Buffy to do, and yes. then she talks about the uh, class three demon, which turns out to sometimes be uh, raccoons. And I was like, "I it's it's I'm guess I was like I I'm guessing it's one of those ranking systems where the higher number is the lower threat. Like a class one demon would be like a Kakistos or a." Mm. Uh, why the f- Akathla? Hmm. Right. Just kidding. They don't believe in hell dimensions. So if anyone told them about Akathla, they'd be like, mm, "That's a myth." Yeah, they don't <laughs> have time for interdimensional shit. Right. <laughs> so, um, it's a low-level threat. Minimal aggression. Meager defenses. Might be raccoons. She gives Buffy this like comical, <laughs> comical-looking, futuristic zappy weapon, mm-hmm. and Which we've already seen several times. And when you she, were very surprised by it in this episode, I wasn't surprised by it. I just really noticed <laughs> how it looked. Uh, and when she gives her this weapon, and Buffy's like, "Wow, you're really scared of raccoons." Uh, Maggie says, "We always take precautions." And then I wrote in all caps, "Do you? Are you not the same woman who has run away screaming from monsters twice now, not carrying a single weapon? Do you take precautions, Maggie? Do you not walk around <laughs> Sunnydale at night with no protection? Got her. I was like, "Fuck you, you dumb turd." <laughs> it's like, it's like wow. you're you're a lot. You you aren't taking any precautions. Really? You almost got yourself killed twice. Really went after her. It's a good thing there. for you. Giles was not a real demon, or you'd be dead. <laughs> she's lucky to be alive anyway this leader of this military organization that's capturing demons doesn't carry around even the tiniest weapon with her whatever Mm. (laughs) i was so mad about that throwing star nothing not not even a shuriken and uh so yeah then she gives (laughs) buffy the calm cam i like the thing where she says i don't want to put you in unnecessary danger and she's like buffy says danger is my birthright (laughs) it's true and uh and maggie's like birthrights those don't exist and this whole i don't believe in magic she's asking questions and stuff again and she's like we'll talk when you get back wink (laughs) winky wink and buffy's like am i supposed to salute you (laughs) 
<laughs> that funny. was really funny. And then uh, Spike is drunk. He's anesthetized. They're doing the ionization spell. This Which is, is just Willow reciting the names of all the different parts of the atmosphere. With o on the end. Yes. Um, and then she's holding that crystal that Tara tried to give her earlier. Yes, it very much looks like it's the same thing. And uh, then she uh, does the spell and they all have troll hair. And um, yeah. And then the blip becomes a blob. Wait, 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 wait. So the funny thing is she's like, did it work? Is the atmosphere ionized? And <laughs> Jazz is like, I'd venture yes, because mm-hmm. they all have the standy up here. Right. And then the... Now the blip's a blob. Who is just now catching up to Spike somehow, even though he's <laughs> been still for whoever, who knows how long. Right. And they... Ha- oh... It's very important for us to know that they have to change into their civvies because they're heading into a populated area. I must have written that in the wrong place. What? Because they were already, they were like almost to his house. They're, they're in the forest right now. I know. And did they say the blips of Bob? In yes. Yes. <laughs> what? So it turns into this giant thing and they still move towards, oh, okay. I guess it's still giving the general area. Whatever. <laughs> stupid <laughs> is so, this scene is very unnecessary so then yeah. we cut to buffy walking through the sewers and she's like maggie are you getting this a possible hst make that a definite and he brought a friend and she's like they seem and she flashes back to mm-hmm. earlier in the episode when she saw the demons that riley told them right took eight people to take down mm-hmm so she tries to fire the weapon it malfunctions and shocks her and a gate closes behind her <gasps> break and then maggie walsh is casually sipping coffee watching the screen while she thinks buffy's dying right uh, buffy's fighting the demons and uh, somehow her heart rate stays at a steady 145 it does not drop or lower at all this entire time 145 is pretty high well yeah but you would think that it would move around like your heart rate almost like it's very unlikely that when you're doing this much work that your heart rate is going to stay one thing the entire time well, it probably got up high when she's being attacked well my point is that it should probably raise at some point or fluctuate a little. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that makes sense. And then um, the camera falls and there's a it, flat line and we're all it, seeing this on the screen. It's funny because she kind of like looks around like hope nobody noticed me watching this on this giant monitor in this room full of people. Right. And she just kind of sips her coffee. And uh, yeah, then we get back to the... Hostel 17 situation. Very quickly, we learned that the signal is within two blocks of them. And Xander then... is still eating the bars. Right. Uh, Willow's like, it feels like the spell is wearing off. We need to hurry. And Giles gets the tracker out. And they're it's, supposedly very close. It's really funny to me how long it took to get that out because it was exposed. Like it was, I mean, I guess maybe it could have been like barbed or something to make it harder to get out. But mm. like... You well, just have to yank it shoulder. out. It, it wasn't sticking like. out of his shoulder. It was well, we, they could shoulder. see it blinking, right? Well, yeah, in like a bullet hole in his shoulder. Oh, okay, okay. I guess that makes sense. I uh, see. I thought it was like like there was like a little like jewel sized thing like on the surface of his shoulder. That's what I was thinking. No, girl. And no, girl. It's like in his shoulder. It's like in. It's like in there. It's like really in there. And so <laughs> they're right outside Giles' apartment, it seems like. The signal clears up, and they're like, he's right there. And it's really interesting that Riley doesn't realize it's Giles' apartment, because he's been there. <laughs> that uh, is very funny. And then the the 
they're like, it's coming right else. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's been flushed in the sewer. And right. So, and then they just give up. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, they know he's around here somewhere. Mm. Or uh, anyway, they just give up. So Buffy keeps fighting. She ends up killing one. Another one steps into the water and she throws the malfunctioning gun into it to yeah. electrocute it. And another one bites the dust. And then uh, Riley gets back to the initiative, and uh, he's like, the "Hostel building, 17 is still at large." And then uh, she tells him that she's she she puts on she took some drama when she was mm. in graduate school. She's like, "Something's happened. It's Buffy. Two hostels broke free. They escaped into the tunnels. She went after them. She's dead, Riley." Mm. <laughs> she's very she's very convincing. It was at this point that I noticed her lipstick really matches her shirt. Oh yes, it really does. Uh, it's it is clown white. Just kidding. What <laughs> I oh. was th- I was imagining you're talking about the lab coat. No, she's wearing like kind of a uh, like a I don't know what the color we would call it. Like, not mauve. That's purpley. It's like a I don't know. <laughs> it's the I don't know color. It's like a pinky blushy kind of color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, she's like, I'm sorry. She insisted. I told her to wait for backup all like she's just lying out her nose right now (laughs) or her ass ass. and she's like i know what she meant to you she was a very special girl i didn't understand at first but she had something it's hard not to blame myself and while she's talking we see buffy's face appear on the screen and she says professor walsh that simple little recon you sent me on wasn't a raccoon it was me trapped in the sewer with a faulty weapon and two of your pet demons if you think that's enough to kill me you really don't know what a slayer is trust me when i say you're gonna find out that was so badass so fucking best moment of the entire episode i also like how the her coming through i don't know if it's like her coming through multiple monitors giving like an echo effect or like there's there's kind of like mechanical quality to it that also adds this edge of just like yeah and it's just like this thing like it started in a new man we're like but maggie has no fucking clue what she's dealing with and And now she does when dramatically the way that she's told riley this and riley's kind of starting to freak out Uh and he sees buffy he's like on on all these monitors like all her like buffy face coming in front of these he's like and then she starts talking and tells she's like basically like you just tried to fucking murder me and I'm about to whoop your ass, bitch. Right, and it, it's especially it's especially cathartic considering like the way Buffy has been kind of timid with the initiative and she's like mm-hmm. worried about asking all these questions and stuff. And now she's like, okay, bitch, it's on. Especially reminiscent of a particular season five episode I'm thinking about. <gasps> oh, all right, all right. Uh, is it checkpoint, perhaps? Mm. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> so uh, Riley just kind of leaves angrily. And uh, Maggie's like, Agent Finn, I order you to stop. Riley! And she's like screaming at him across the room, which is very dramatic and good. And then... Yes, I love it. Uh, then Spike is at Giles's and they're like, you should leave Sunnydale. And he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, he has a good reason that, though, too. He's like, not until they undo this thing. Which, again, I'm like, they, you're, you're just letting him wander around and he's telling you, he's saying to your face, I'm going to try to find these people mm-hmm. so they can take this chip out of my fucking head so I can kill people again. And they just let him go. Yep. What is happening? <laughs> 
what is going on? Pretty silly. I cannot. It and is. They and then it's funny because Xander's like, sure, just explain how much you miss killing and torturing innocent people. And he's like, you think that would work? Uh, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, he just fucking did it to your face, and you're letting him go. So right. why wouldn't he think that would happen? Um, <laughs> it made me so mad. I was we're like, missing what is out going on? The fun on? parts because you're screaming about it. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Anyway, I was uh, like, what? The cognitive dissonance. Yes, it's ridiculous. Uh, and so uh, it's not. they're like, it's not safe for you here. And Buffy shows up and she says, no, it's not safe for any of us. Yep. And then I call this next scene Stabby Surprise. Stabby Surprise. So Maggie's talking to Adam. She's giving a villain monologue. They really love doing this and like having it get interrupted in some way. Oh, yeah. Oh, obviously. It's such a great Buffy thing. So but it's never like predictable. She's like, if if she wants a fight, we'll give her one, won't we, Adam? She's speaking to him as though he's her child, like Riley. And Riley's she's like, not actually her child, though. But right, 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 right. Like the way she speaks to Riley. She's like, I've worked too long to let some little bitch threaten this project. And I was like, you're the evil bitch monster of death, Maggie. Mm-hmm. She says, uh, she can't threaten me. She has no idea what who she's dealing with. And I was like, who has no idea who who's dealing with Matt? You didn't know who you're dealing with. Yeah. Buffy, you don't who, know who, who you're dealing who, with. Who, with who, who. who you? She has you, no idea who's who, I who wanna, she's dealing okay, with. Okay, I'm going to say a quote from later in the season, and it's not a spoiler. <laughs> you two are the two who are the two. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And uh, then she says something about the greater good. And I was like, when has anybody who says greater good actually done something? Right. Except hello, Oppenheimer. Mm. (laughs) Uh, She's like, when she's gone, Riley will understand it's for the greater good. And she grabs a little saw thing. And she's like, uh, he'll see, he'll see that. And if he doesn't, well, first things first, remove the complication. Then when she least expects it, stab. Mm. And she looks back and she says, Adam, and he used his new Polgara demon bone skewer to stab her through the chest and kill her. Which is anatomically and, impossible. But. Right. And dramatically, he says, mommy, <laughs> which teleported me immediately back to helpless to Zachary, Zachary Kralik. Kralik. Yeah. Mother. That Mother. one was way worse, though. <laughs> And that's the end of the episode. I got to say, as frustrated I am with the initiative stuff being like really rushed and Maggie getting killed and the complete and utter nonsense of Spike and all that stuff. I Mm -hmm. actually I did really, really enjoy this episode. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, Zach, we have an in memoriam this Mm -hmm. week. We haven't had one in a while. Would you like to begin memorializing uh, Professor Maggie Walsh? Sure. Everybody raise your glasses. Maggie Walsh, you fucked around and you found out. The end. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, you were a a very interesting um, big bad that uh, was revealed. Fake out big bad. To be the big bad and then also immediately on that same episode pretty much. Uh, You were the victim of... I'm just going to say it, bad storytelling, because you really should have been kept around because you're interesting and it feels like a slap in my face that you're gone. storytelling. I think it was a victim of scheduling problems. <laughs> but uh, I feel like they would have, if they really wanted Maggie to stay around, they would have hired someone else or gotten Lindsay Cross to stay. Anyway, whatever. Mm. Anyway, uh, you were um, 
killed just when things were starting to get good with you, and that's unfortunate. Quite unfortunate. And it makes me a little bit mad at Mr. Huidon, but what else is new? Mm. Uh, you are the evil bitch monster of death, and we will miss you dearly. Mm. Kalenka! All right, let's move on to our steak rankings. Zachary, how many steaks are you going to give this episode? I give it a seven. A seven? You didn't like, you liked it less than a new man? Yep. Huh, interesting. Would you care to elaborate or are you just going to leave it at that? No. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) I kind of went back and forth between like a seven and eight on this one. And I just, I think... Part of it is that the episode is me being like, or the score is me being like, wait, I've kind of been ranking everything way too high. Mm. But also, mm. I don't know. We ain't no fucking critical organization. We I can rank shit whatever we to, want. To me, I think when you really break it down and look at it, that there are some really great things in it, and then there are some kind of like meh parts to it. And I just like, like I don't know, just the... I got a seven. I find the episode very enjoyable to watch. I enjoy these. Seven is really good. What? Seven is really good still. Yes. Uh, For a Buffy episode, for sure. Uh, I find it really enjoyable to watch. I really like that we're getting uh, more explicit with this whole, like, the Scoobies and the, like, dynamics between them changing Mm -hmm. sort of theme of the season. I love that part. I love every single millisecond that Tara is on screen Mm -hmm. uh even though i think it's like it was poor writing for them to plan to have maggie killed and everything i think she should have stuck around and it feels honestly like a slap in the face to me as an audience member that they just kill her as soon as she starts to get interesting I do uh, think it is a really cool twist. Yes, I was going to say it is very... It, I do like the reaction I get every time that she gets stabbed. And it's like, oh no, what's going on? What's going to happen now? Uh, it's like that intrigue that you get when it happens. Like, oh, well, I thought I knew what to expect and now I don't. Right. Uh, that's, that's you know, even though it's kind of cheap, you know, honestly, sometimes like Game of thrones like some of the worst parts of that uh, that TV show... Uh, it's still very mm. captivating. I don't agree that it's cheap. I think it is good. often. I think it is often very cheap. Uh, if you do it too often, like yeah. this show and Game of Thrones what? did sometimes. Oh, I don't agree, but that's fine. There, are, there are times. Anyway, I think it's. I think there is a point at which it gets cheap. Anyway, regardless of all that stuff, the episode is very enjoyable. I like what it does for the. Uh, you know, some implications for the season and particularly for character development and relationship development all around for everyone. I'm going to give this episode an eight. I like it. Sure. (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on to the MVP. Kyle, who's your MVP this episode? I think this is an indisputable Buffy MVP. Yep. That's what I said too. She is just so badass and she starts to ask questions and she fucking turns on Maggie as soon as she looks at her sideways and it's great. I don't think there like there's not an argument I don't think for anybody else. I don't think so either. I think maybe you could say Willow like introduced the idea of asking questions to Buffy and so maybe it's her. Mm. Hmm. And also she like did that spell to help Spike. Mm. <laughs> and I guess by extension help them like not reveal to the initiative that they have just been letting Spike wander around. <laughs> mm. Are you how do you feel about that? 
How do how I do I feel about that? You haven't really made it very clear. You've I'm been not, really cagey. I haven't decided my feelings on this it's, yet. Yeah, I mean, take some time, mull it over, let us know. I I'm ju- I'm just not sure if it's logical or not. <laughs> so, all right, Zachary, do you want to give us a brief queer analysis of this episode? Uh, yeah. So, um, I think it really made me think a lot about the insular. Uh, not I think I know because of my brain. <laughs> it really made me think a lot about the insular nature of queer friend groups and kind uh-huh. of that chosen family dynamic mm-hmm. and how it can be really difficult to like include new people um in both as the newcomer and as like established members of that group um especially when new people kind of make this really fundamental shift in the way your group is working um in the dynamic and being a queer person comes with its own kind of set of rules and challenges for making new friends to begin with. Um, so it can be really tough to stretch beyond what's comfortable for you and draining and just kind of having to justify your existence constantly in the regular world. Um, and you know, you want friendship to be kind of a shelter from that. And when you introduce these kind of new players, sometimes you can feel like, well, I'm not as safe or I, you know, I am, you know, I'm losing some of my support. It's being stretched. Right. Whether or not that feeling is, you know, literally what's happening. Mm-hmm. I feel like Buffy bringing in initiative stuff to Scooby stuff is kind of like uh, uh, the first time you bring a same-sex partner to your family. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, we're kind of like, this like kind of thing is like really different from your kind of thing. And like, uh, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Which, you know, kind of, it's just like a boiled down version of what you just said. No, it's a really good uh, point. A good comparison. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, obviously the whole like secretiveness with Willow and how she's not ready to even mention to Buffy that she has this new witch friend mm-hmm. who she's been doing spells with. They've been spelling the fuck out of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, I feel like that is, it's a very relatable experience yep. to, uh, you know, be really kind of cagey about your first queer partner yeah. in that way. Like really learning how to use your fingers. And again, like if someone, if someone's spells. like, oh my God, I can't believe you spelled this for me. I didn't know Willow and Tara were queer together. Then, sorry, you're just not paying. This is a gay podcast. We understand things. Yeah. Who are you, random straight person <laughs> that just got here? I think there are probably some straight women who listen to us. They're like, no, no I'm saying they like just arrived. Oh, yes. <laughs> random random straight like, person with the weird accent like, that Kyle gave you. Wow. this uh, These guys are just really shoehorning everything to be gay. Right. Can you ima- imagine some... I'm certainly obvious. I know for a... Like, I have not looked at this stuff, but I know... I'm 100% certain that on like, I don't know, the bronze forums and like whatever, wherever people were talking about Buffy back in the day, that people were like, hmm, this thing with Willow and Tara is really interesting. And there were some like Joss Whedon fanboy film bros being like, uh, where's everything have to be girl? Was it girl? They're just got fat. She's just a witch. She's that just was- glad she found a witch. It's that same person. It's the same that person that, that came to our podcast. They They're were 50 on the years old now. On the feet, on the, what do you call it? The, the bronze. Yeah, I believe there was a popular forum called The Bronze mm. that people talked about Buffy on. I think that's where a lot of like the myths and rumors about the production of the show that mm. we've heard circulated. 
I'm not certain, but probably. A lot of them were mistaken. <laughs> it's like I got all my information about Avatar The Last Airbender from the TV.com forums. Mm. All right. Well, we've done that queer analysis. Kyle, what's the gayest moment? I'm going to try really hard not to just make every explicitly queer moment the gayest moment. Mm. However, in this episode, I am going to make it. So it's Tara offering the crystal to Willow. Mm. Good one. Did you have one in mind? You can touch my crystal. Uh. I love crystal. Um, (laughs) Neither of those were answers to my question, just so everyone knows. I... Uh, yeah i rarely answer questions it's true i like i ask him a question he makes some obscure reference from an 80s movie and then i'm like so (laughs) about my question uh my (laughs) gayest moment is we've enjoyed spanking uh yeah kinky Hmm. oh i just i was like anya would be into like some kinky like you know I forgot to bring multiple this up. partner slightly Who queer is shit spanked. Mm, I mean, is it both? We know that David Fury, who wrote the weird rapey stuff in Go Fish, wrote this episode, and we know Joss Whedon is the showrunner. So I feel like the obvious implication is supposed to be Anya, but I choose to believe that it is Xander. No, it's definitely Xander. <laughs> I you the facts about the world cannot stop me from making this. Just think not about creepy. everything you know about Anya. She would be into. She is a an ex vengeance demon. Yeah. That's true. That's true. She's got she's got to get her rocks Closest off somehow. Thing she can like get to exacting vengeance. Exactly. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that definitely is what it is. No, no matter 100%. what. You can't tell me different. This week's angel report is about the episode she, which is not very good. Uh, <laughs> and I believe is many people's least favorite Angel episode, period. There are a lot of people who say that Angel, they think Angel is better than Buffy. And I, I mean, I haven't, s- I've only seen season one, so I'm not I, one to judge. But. I will say that later on episodes of Angel are pretty damn good. But there are, I there are some things in Angel that are explored in ways that you can't really be explored in Buffy in the same way because yeah. of the nature of them, the two of them as characters, I definitely, which I appreciate. I, obvi- I mean, obviously we didn't say it. We didn't do Angel gaze. So, right. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, you know, obviously like Buffy better, but. Anyway, I think it's funny, especially when you look at. I feel like the the Buffy Crunchy episodes in the beginning were funny. Yeah, and the kind that some of the Angel cr- Buffy blah, Angel Crunchy ones are just cringy. I to can, me, I cannot opinion. stop thinking about how bad Sense and Sensitivity was. Mm. Uh, <laughs> What's which one? Is yeah, that that's the one, the one the where they have sensitivity. No, there's se- no. That's a that's a different one. That's a different one. Uh, this, this is the one where they do sensitivity training and there's like s- someone like makes everyone say all of their feelings or whatever. The one where they put a, the names of different races on their head and have to pretend to be those races. That's an office episode, Zach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, this episode is oops. about like a demon princess who helps lady demon refugees because she's part of a race that like re- mutilates their spines when they come of age or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is back to me. This is a very thinly veiled, uncomfortable reference to female genital mutilation that I don't yes. like, which Buffy has made before too. I-, I can't remember the episode, but one episode she's like, pierce something or cut something off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I, it was, was it something to do with driving? What? I don't remember what 
what it was. It's something about some sort of coming of age thing. She wanted to join oh, the tribe. Oh, was it helpless, maybe? I don't know. Whatever. No. She... I'm trying to remember what graduation? it was, and I can't remember. No, it no. definitely wasn't graduation. I don't remember. Anyway. Uh, anyway, it was that whole aspect of it was uncomfortable. Just like the pregnancy thing from last episode was really uncomfortable. Anyway, I didn't love it, but Angel connects with her because they're both helpers of the helpless and whatever. It's mm. it's not great. <laughs> I'm glad it's over. All right, Zach, do you want to tell people where they can find us? Yeah, so that is it for the IN team. Um, please be sure to uh, follow us on Spotify and Apple or wherever you get your podcast if you haven't already. And uh, it really helps if you could give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and you can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at BuffyGazePod. Yes, you can also reach out to us through email at BuffyGaze at gmail.com. And we always enjoy uh, receiving messages everywhere. I love it. I particularly love it when we receive uh, messages after the first time someone messages us. Because, uh, you know, often people will message us and be like, I found your show. It's really great. I love this and this about it. And that's awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. And even if you if you don't feel like messaging us again, you obviously you don't have to. It's fine. It won't hurt my feelings. But I do get this like anxious, paranoid thing sometimes where I'm like, oh, this person messaged us once and then they listened to like two more episodes and then they never listened again and they're <laughs> never not listening anymore. And, uh, but so that's, I really like it when people uh-huh. like, you know, occasionally check in and be like, Hey, you said this thing in this episode and it's I like, wanted to answer your question. Oh, you're keeping up with it. That's nice. Yeah. It's really nice. And I liked it. Uh, I just received a message from Katie that I mentioned earlier on TikTok and Christopher messaged us about the earthquake thing. Uh, I also noticed anyway, uh, there, I, I just like it when we get repeat messages from people and I enjoy it. So thank you for messaging us. I yeah, like it's it. really, that's been one of the fun kind of unexpected parts of podcasting is kind of building these little kind of relationships with people and yeah, it's fun. I like it. Getting to kind of talk about nerdy things and hear like, and learn different perspectives and different like trivia facts, which of course I love. Oh yes, uh, absolutely. So much fun. And if you have opinions about episodes that, uh, compare or contrast to our own mm-hmm. let us know i want to i want to i want to talk about people's episode opinions i yeah. really love when you, you might <laughs> answer f- my obscure questions about things yes but also you can tell us what you think about episodes too it's fine and we'll only make fun of you if you're those people who are like only um, if you're a straight person and then you probably know that you deserve it by now so <laughs> we'll only make fun <laughs> of you if it, you're one of those people that was like um it's angelus when he's evil uh angel one has not ever and there's no ambiguity at I like how we're we're like, we won't make fun of you. Immediately makes fun of somebody (laughs) who disagreed with us. Right. Uh, Well, those people weren't podcast listeners. They were random TikTok commenters who were like 13. And it wasn't like they disagreed to the point or like we're discussing it. They were like, you're wrong. Right. And when we were pointedly not wrong and they were like, have these people even watched the show? And I was like, have you watched the show? Because I literally was talking about that based on evidence from the show. Anyway, (laughs) this has been season three. Oh, no, no. I still have season three in the outline. This has been season four, episode Thirteen. We're over halfway, Zach. No. Of uh, Buffy Gaze. Join us next week for season. Oh God, for season four, episode fourteen. Goodbye, Iowa. Goodbye, Iowa. Until next time. I'm Kyle, and I'm Kyle. Just kidding. I'm. <gasps> You're not Kyle, and <laughs> we are your mommy gaze. Buffy. Gaze. Buffy. Mommies. <laughs> 
Happy slaying. Don't call me on this one, mummies. Goodbye. <laughs>